0: You are listening to She's Reinvented, the podcast for women over 40 who believe it's never too late to pursue their dreams and to reinvent themselves. I'm your host, Heidi Sawyer, and I believe that we are all on a journey of growth and self-discovery that is never ending. And when you're doing it right, you're having fun with it too. Are we evolved? Never. Are we evolving? Always. Let's get started. As you listen to this episode with Rachel Linwall, I want you to consider the following questions. Is there an area of your life, either a role, a skill, or an identity that you may be overly attached to? And if it went away tomorrow, you would have a hard time recognizing yourself and who you are. And are you seeking external validation? Are you putting more weight on the opinions and advice of others and forgetting to listen to your own intuition and internal guidance? Keep these questions in mind as you listen to my conversation with Rachel. I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the show. I would love to have you introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I'm truly honored that you had me on here. I know This space is one that takes a lot of intentionality and time to create in and I'm really honored to be here. Uh, My name is Rachel N Wall I am a branding strategist and serial entrepreneur that is a doer and beer of all the pretty things.
0: I love it. And, and yes, having taken a look at some of your, your website and the work that you do, it is all beautiful. So um, love it and really excited to have you here. And on this show, it's all about the stories of reinvention and I find that in those stories, that comes from usually a sort of wake-up call moment, a choice point moment, and I'd love for you just to drop everybody into what that moment was for you and kind of share your story from that place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I remember sitting in the driver's seat. uh, I was driving a GMC Terrain, and I had just dropped my mom off at the Sanford Airport. We live here in Florida, and I remember she got out of the car i turned on the gps i popped on a podcast and i was cruising and the next minute i opened my eyes and there was shattered glass all around me um my phone was flung on the other side of the car i had i, I and i remember thinking i had this like vivid moment of Rachel don't move don't do anything but just breathe hmm you're here, you're conscious. So everything else is outable. Just breathe. And within like 30 seconds, I remember fire trucks and ambulances and the, the passenger in the other vehicle was just all kind of surrounding me. And I remember just the first thing I thought of after that moment was, oh my God, who else is hurt? What, what is happening? Where am I? who was involved you know just absolute panic and in that moment of panic i felt this this inner inner voice or inner being just saying just breathe and that's what i did from the time they pulled me out of the car until i got to the hospital and of course you know the police officers and everyone is asking you what happened and at that point it's like word vomit and you just start regurgitating everything that you remember but the one constant thing from the time i opened my eyes and saw all of the glass until honestly, now in every panic situation I've been in it, the thing that comes back to me is just breathe.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's really powerful. Um, we were chatting a bit before we hopped on and you were talking about this being where your feet are being present and, and that being Mm -hmm. a lesson that you learned through this experience and have taken with you. I'd love to hear kind of, how did that accident become the catalyst for you to start creating change in your life?
1: Yeah, I was a hairstylist. That was my total identity prior to that crash. I had worked really, really hard in the sales and marketing arena in several different corporate positions. And my husband and I had met and I was doing marketing within his concert promotion company. We did that for a while. And I got to the point where I wanted this, out or safety net or backup plan or something that was just mine. I wanted to create this thing from this very masculine kind of place of doing and, and you know, forcing things. I had always known I was meant for this, this easy life, but I thought that in the process, you know, the way to get there was to work really, really hard for a really long period of time and then I could have it. And so, I didn't believe enough in my sales and marketing abilities or really who I was as a person. And so I told myself, if I learn a tangible skill, then I will be enough and I will have enough to let things be easy. And that's what I was doing up until the moment of that car crash. I My hair career was at its peak. I was on my way up to teaching um, and moving into an educational role Versus just being at the chair. I had two weeks prior to that accident, signed a lease for a storefront space. We had just moved to Jacksonville, Florida from Indiana. And my business partner and best friend and I had signed a lease literally two weeks to the day of the wreck wow. and had planned on opening this boutique and salon. We had started painting. We had torn, you know, literally gutted the entire space and I was hit by a truck. <laughs>
0: Like, wow. What a it. total just shakeup of everything that you thought was the next step in your plan. Mm-hmm. And, um, so in the days after the accident, how did things start to unfold? Did, did it take a while for you to realize, uh, I'm not really doing what, what I meant to be doing here in this life, or there, I have more yeah. to offer, or I've been finding, maybe find, trying to find my value in other things.
1: Yeah, for sure. The days, so I had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia about two years prior to the wreck. And in the days, you know, following the accident, the nurses and everyone at the hospital, I had a ruptured spleen. I had a ton of internal bleeding. It was, it was a mess. I was in the hospital for a little while, um, there in Sanford. And the irony of all that is I was also hit by a major league baseball player, such a strange, um, (laughs) <laughs> like you can't make that up. Like it was yeah. just weird. Right. Um, if you haven't
0: written a book about this, this would be really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: was very bizarre. And they were from Venezuela and it was a whole ordeal. Um, but in the days following accident, I remember the nursing staff and the doctor saying, You're going to flare like you have never flared before because of the trauma that you've went through and you need to not do anything for six weeks. And in the back of my mind, all I could think about was the money. And mm-hmm. how much we had just paid. We only had, you know, four weeks of, of included groups, you know, gratis rent or what have you. And I knew that there was a, a time, it was like a ticking time bomb before we had to start paying. Like there was a deadline there. Yeah. And so I got out of the hospital and within 24 hours I was rolling paint and painting murals.
0: Hmm. Because if you're not working as a stylist, if you're not working, you're not making money.
1: For real. For yeah. That That is 110% the God's honest truth, unless you are an educator or a salon owner. And I've never met a salon owner that can fully disengage. Mm-hmm. It's even my mentors that have been wildly successful and do take all these wonderful vacations and get to travel. They are on all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: just part of the business. And it was one of those moments where I pushed through and I think it was like a shock or traumatic response where it didn't hit me until February when we opened and I started taking clients and my customer experience and customer service went down the tubes. So
0: how much timeline wise, how, when was the accident? What
1: month? So the accident was November of 21. And then that was February. Mm -hmm. We fully opened in February of 22 and I powered through the entire calendar year of 2022, but at the chair, eight to 10 hour days, I was the cash cow. And it just was one of those moments where I realized, okay, the first realization was I have to hire people. I can't do this all on my own. And so I started hiring stylists and I was networking and I was at every event that I could be at. And I was putting butts in the chair. Like that was, I was living my life, like gun to your head, where's your next sale or, you know, do or die situation where is your next client? Because if you don't have it, you lose everything. That That mm-hmm. is how I was living. Wow. And I did, I, I pushed through and I powered through and it wasn't until June of 2022 that I ended up almost hospitalized again. And this time the diagnosis was, it wasn't just a fibromyalgia flare. I was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis and my hands were like this for about a week and a half.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And it was just one of those moments where it's like I was told by the rheumatologist, you either stop what you're doing or your mobility, the expectancy, you know, for your ability to have to move and walk and hold a pencil and do your own hair and all of those things. Make yourself a cup of tea is is about 10 years because you cannot keep going gosh. at the rate you're going.
0: So, what was your first thought when you heard when you heard that from the doctor?
1: Well, um <laughs> I do hair for a living. My job isn't to look beautiful, it's to make everyone else look beautiful And my first thought was, "Oh my God, I can't hold a round brush anymore. I can't paint. That is what my entire career and entire existence had been built around to the degree that I went through hair school pregnant twice. I missed the first really four to five years of my youngest kids' lives because Mm -hmm. I was at the chair and my kids grew up in a salon and that's all I knew. So for me to hear you have to stop, it's a choice between stop or walk.
0: And this was, this was a major part of your identity at this point, Yeah. So that had to be incredibly devastating. What were what were your next steps after that? Where did you go from there from just, of course, being in shock and thinking, okay, you know, from one diagnosis to then an accident, and then now Mm -hmm. another one. Now you're telling me I can't do the thing that I identify with that I've given up and sacrificed so much for Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what happened next.
1: I, well, first, I think I hit my knees. It was one of those things where I connected more deeply in my prayer life than I ever had. Um, I had felt like I had lost everything and I had lost everything. I, you know, I'm speaking as someone who has filed bankruptcy. My husband's filed bankruptcy. I've done without, I've been dirt poor. But in that moment, it was, I felt like my entire being was literally pulled out of my hands. And it, for the first time, wasn't about the money or it wasn't about what we had or could have. It was about, I have no idea who I am anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So where did you go yeah. from there? Because we know <laughs> that you're on this show because you've reinvented yourself and you've yeah. stepped into that. You've stepped further into the truth of who you're here to be. So tell me what yeah. that first, we kind of heard a little bit about what the sacrifice was, right? I mean, you ultimately had to give up doing hair and give up that identity that you had adopted to be yeah, you. Right. And your dream of the salon and, and all of that. Um, so what, what were your key lessons? How did you pull through that?
1: I think the first thing, and it was really to understand and know that honoring my intuition is the greatest blessing I can give myself. And when I don't do that, that is the biggest dishonor that I can do to myself. And I had had nudges all along, you know, everything from the fibromyalgia diagnosis to my kids, you know, running up and saying, Mom, I don't want you to leave again. Why do you have to go to Florida to do this? And instead of just listening, I picked up my family and I moved to Florida, thinking I wouldn't have to work or travel as much. Instead, I just found more and more local events and things to do, and I just kept filling my calendar and not listening to truly what was happening around me. And it was it's weird. It's like through that accident and through that whole just – I have, I have battled anxiety my entire life. And that accident really gave me the freedom to take a step back, even in a moment of what should have been total panic and reassess and realize I am here and I am supposed to be here and breathing and just taking that moment to just stop is okay. And sometimes that's the thing that gets us through it's just to take the moment and stop. And so that's what I did. I got the psoriatic arthritis diagnosis and I stopped. I took two weeks off and I sat down with a poster board and magazines and a pen and I wrote out, okay, if this skill can't be my identity anymore, who am I and what can be my identity?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it really just, me the found chills. It. Yeah. just
0: picturing you with that kind of blank poster board, like, okay, now
1: where do I go? Because
0: I've put everything I have into this. So now what? Yeah.
1: It was that piece of, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it it honestly took me an entire year of a lot of reflective work and a lot of therapy and a lot of prayer to get to this place of like, okay, my identity is not in what I do. So if it's not in what I do, then what is it? And the thing that I've learned is it's in who I'm being. And it's not so much in who I'm becoming or what I you know want to be or any of those things. It's who am I right now? And what is that essence? And what is that thing that makes me Rachel? And I tell my clients that all the time, like, what is the thing that makes you you? And how do you what can you do to allow yourself to be you just a little bit more? Because that's where the gold is for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love what you're saying about it is it is at that moment by moment awareness of who who we're being, and not necessarily all of the the doings of life and all of the things that we're striving for. But actually, you know, I, I say this to my clients all the time. It's like, I, I don't really care that much what you're accomplishing. Of course, I want you to, to have a worthy challenge and a goal because it's what's going to create a catalyst for growth within you, but I care about your experience from moment to moment. I care about you, you know, being with your kids and looking them in the eyes and having that experience. And it sounds like that's kind of what came back to you after all, everything that you went through, you realized I'm kind of missing out on some things here. For sure. How was, how did that affect your family?
1: Oh, it's been night and day. And I think that's the funniest thing, you know. I originally thought, okay, I'm gonna go into this new venture slow. I'm gonna take it back to what I I know to be true and what I feel like I it's not a a heavy lift. It's something I didn't feel confident in pursuing, but I knew that I could do it. And it was one of those things that I could do it from home. I told myself I am going to put myself in a place where I can work out here. (laughs) This is my pool. Like, (laughs) I don't. I don't have to go in anywhere. I don't have to report to anyone. I'm not going back to a corporate role. I need to give myself the grace and space to create. And so, I'm very blessed in that my best friend and business partner is a photographer, and we took it back to what we know, and that's sales and marketing and content creation and all the things that we were doing for our business. We just started doing it for other businesses. Mm -hmm. And I realized really quickly that in just being who I am, I was organically taking all of the connections that I had made and all of those really like 18 months of networking and they became clients. And then they referred people. And it was like, I made more money talking about spending time at the spa than I ever did trying to sell someone a haircut. It it was wild.
0: And what's so really unique about your story is that you sat down, you know, you're a creative person and that's who you are. You're, you're by nature, a creative, you know, a creator. We're all creators in our own way, but you're a visually creative person. And, uh, and you sat down with this poster board Mm -hmm. and magazines. And it's so interesting that that ends up, you know, becoming your path is taking the sales knowledge and the marketing and the things that you had done before and all that networking that you had done, and then you rolling it into this really beautiful offer that you can, you know, help other women specifically to, um, to find their voice and to see what that looks like for them. I just think it's a really talk about following your intuition.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I, it's something that I felt like Okay, I know it's there, but there's always someone more than something that you know. Whether that's more spiritual or more pretty or prettier or whatever that is, I was not enough in whatever capacity to not really fully accept that that those intuitive nudges were, you know, divine and they were meant for me, and I need to do something with that. Whether that's act or pause or whatever, but just say you know, acknowledge it. And I got to this place where it's like. Oh my word. This whole time I've been listening to someone else and finding external validation and, and seeking advice from people who have never went where I'm trying to go <laughs> and wondering <laughs> why it's not working. And it I don't know. I, I woke up and really quickly realized that by saying yes to me and by truly listening to the feedback that I've been given, you know, internally choices became a lot easier to make and they became much more aligned and the outcomes became so much better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, um, I'm just so glad that you're out in the world doing the work that you're doing now, because it's so, so many times it's hard for us to see. We don't see how even the things that happen in our lives that are, you know, we would never wish upon anyone else, a diagnosis, an accident, you know, having to give up a business that you've worked so hard for all of these things. When we look back, we can see how those dots connected and we can see how, each of our experiences built upon the last and having done, you know, the promotion with your husband's business and um, all the networking that you did and all of the little pieces along the way were just breadcrumbs that were leading you towards what you're doing now. And, and that's, I think the important part is that's not the end of the story. You're still continuing to evolve and grow and what you're going to be
1: doing 10 years from now, may be totally different. Yeah. And I think that's the, the beauty I think that's true for everyone is that you don't, you don't have to assign permanence in tasks and you don't have to assign an identity in a skill. You are who you're exactly made to be. And it has nothing to do with the actions that you take. It has to do with who you are, and it sounds so wooey, but <laughs> it's, it's true. it's been my truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, a couple of questions that I love to ask my guests. And uh, one of them is, what's one piece of advice that you would give
1: to your younger self? Oh, gosh. Um, the most impactful thing I think that I could have heard very early on would have been to not trust the girl in the mirror unless she was saying nice things.
0: Yeah. That's a mic drop right there. Yeah. And, and what age did you really need to hear that message?
1: I remember being in the fifth grade, our school system decided that fifth graders should be in middle school, which I think is a, I would riot if my child had to go to middle school. I have a fifth grader right now. So I'm just trying to picture that. No, no, it's a mess. Um, But I remember sitting on the couch at the library in middle school and I went to a public school and they had a TMZ magazine and this is like 2003 and of course the cover is Britney and Christina and JT yeah. and all of the you know early 2000s pop icons and I remember looking at the belly button ring and then looking down and thinking like what the heck mine would get lost like where the heck would that even go <laughs> My little fifth grade body comparing to this 17, you know, 17 to 22 year old women, girls and and young women. And that's really when I started feeling like I don't look like that. I am inadequate and nothing that I say or do is ever going to look as polished as what is being portrayed in these magazines. And that really was the start of the body dysmorphia and the imposter syndrome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so if you would have had that man, if we could just go back and give that advice to our younger selves, we could save ourselves a lot of lessons. Um, but those are our lessons to learn in this life. So I'd love to hear from you. What are you reinventing now?
1: Is there an oh area gosh. of your life you're reinventing? Always, always. I am really feeling into, taking everything back to those boards um, it sounds so silly but i love a good poster board and magazine clippings branding is my jam and i think we change as people really definitely annually that you know you need to go in and revise but i set intentions monthly for my personal life for my business And I make two boards. I make what I call a being board and a vision board. And one is more goal aligned and manifestation driven. And the other one is more of like my essence. And I fact check and I use that as a baseline for how I want one to experience the world, but how I want the world to experience me. And so... I'm really vibing with creating those. And I just launched a podcast. So working on guest interviews and traveling and doing it in a really conscious, intentional and aligned way. And I'm really, really vibing with the therapy that comes from, from the microphone. <laughs> it's been great.
0: Yeah. I love that. So one is kind of manifestation goals, things that you want to accomplish. And then the other is sort of a personal standard that you hold yourself to in within who you're being. Absolutely. I love that. Um, I'd love for you just to share with our listeners where they can find you online. If they want to follow along with all of the amazing things that you're doing, or maybe they need some branding help or some marketing help. Um, Could you share the places that are best for people to find you?
1: Absolutely. I have just set the intention this year to become more present and active on Instagram. After the accident, I went through a, about an 18 month period where I couldn't look at my account. It was full of hair and my followers were all hair related. And so I just started repurposing and using that modality to connect with people. I'm on Instagram at rachel.lynn.wall and then I'm really active on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn and I'm Rachel Lynn Wall there as well as rachellynwall.com. Okay,
0: and your podcast, is it out now?
1: It is. I have dropped two episodes with the third going live this week. It's called Pulp to Profit. to profit okay you
0: guys go and check out Rachel I thank you so much for being here it was just such a pleasure to hear your story to get to connect with you and I can't wait to see how you continue to reinvent reinvent yourself and evolve and step closer into the truth of who you are
1: here to be oh my gosh thank you so much I really genuinely am honored and appreciate you giving me the platform to share Thanks so much for listening today, friends.
0: If this episode made a positive impact on you, please share it with a friend. Also, while you're here, leave me a rating and review. I love to read your reviews. It means the absolute world to me that this podcast is making a positive difference. Until next time, keep reinventing, keep evolving, keep stepping further into the truth of who you're here to be. Much love.